So we're turning to Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse number 19. The scripture says this, but my God, everybody say my God, but my God shall supply. <laughs> you can just stop right there and I feel like I could preach most of the day. Karen, this could be one of those Sundays where you hear enough of me. I don't know, but that statement alone, that statement alone inspires me, inspires me. But my God shall supply. Huh. But it doesn't stop there. It goes on. All. Everybody say all. all. Supply all. Not supply some. Supply part. Supply a little. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Everybody thankful for the promise that Paul gave us in Philippians 4 of a God that supplies all. Now I want to talk to you for a little while today from this thought. Everybody say, and you're saying this to yourself, okay? You're asking yourself this question. He sounds convinced. Say it. He sounds convinced. Am I? He sounds convinced. Am I? All right. That's what we're going to talk about for a little while. You may be seated. There's something in this verse that is stated. And whether you realize the statement that's being made or not, you could at least agree with me that there is something implied here in this verse that, if we're not careful, can get lost in translation. It can get lost in, more importantly than translation, it can get lost in realization. So Paul is saying, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We can miss what he's saying. We can somehow lose the connection if not careful. But, but I want to say it is really too important and powerful when realized to ignore it. I don't want to ignore what is being said here. I don't want to somehow miss this. And, and so because of that, we're going to consider uh, this verse along with some other references in Scripture that help bring to light the statement that, that Paul was making. I'm going to first go to the book of Kings. 1 Kings chapter 17. And, and we're going to look at the first seven verses of this chapter. This is a story found in the life of Elijah. And, and it will bring clarity to our thoughts today if you'll stay with me. The Bible said, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, 
before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. But according to my word and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now let's look at the condition of the day and where uh, this uh, portion of Scripture is being uh, brought from. There was much difficulty in, in that hour. And, and the Bible tells us here in that opening verse that it was a man, Elijah, who was called of God and sent by God to confront the authority of the day. The individual, Ahab, who was reigning supreme. And he goes to Ahab and uh, he tells him by the direction of God, there is going to be no rain and no dew that falls upon this ground for a certain amount of years. He said, get ready because drought is coming. There will be no moisture and everything is about to change. Things are going to dry up, die, fade away, and suffering will ensue. People will die as a result of this. And he's saying, I give you my word. According to my word, he said, you can count on this, that God is not going to play games. God is not going to overlook the disobedience. God is not going to ignore the situation. But as a result of the way you have chosen to live and lead the people, God is bringing a, a, a certain judgment upon the land and things are going to change. It will be difficult like you have never known. In fact, everywhere you look, you will only see suffering. Suffering is coming. So, so that's, that's the reality as, as this chapter opens and Elijah's confronting Ahab and giving him this reality. And then right on the heels of that, the Bible said the word of the Lord came to him came to Elijah. After Elijah delivered the message from God, God then speaks to Elijah and said, you get up now, you've delivered the message, you have set the lines and let everyone know that suffering's coming, difficulty is coming, drought is coming, and challenge will be here for the next few years and coming days. And he said, now you get up and you go hence, go eastward and you hide yourself by a brook, the brook of Chereth that is before Jordan. He said, you go to a specific place, you go to a place that I have chosen for you to hide out in, in the midst of all of this difficulty that is coming. And God said to him, there, 
there at that place, you will drink of that brook. Now, this is the exact opposite of what Elijah has just shared with Ahab, telling him the brooks are drying up, the lakes are drying up, the reservoirs are drying up, no rain is falling out of heaven, no dew will be on the ground when you get up in the morning. The thought and the idea of any type of, uh, what is it, what precipitation, I almost said participation. He said, all that's gone. So get ready. And then God turns right around and says, but for you, but for you, I'm going to hide you in a place where the water will still run. I'm going to hide you in a place in the midst of all this challenge where the brook will still pass right by you. I'm going to put you in a select place and right there, while all this suffering's going on, you will drink from a brook. Isn't it good to know we have a God that has everything under control? And when things are out of sorts on one hand, He can, in the midst of that, be peace in the middle of the storm. Hallelujah. He can provide water in the middle of a drought. He can turn situations around. So He said, but for you, you're going to go there and drink of that brook. And, and He said, and, and by the way, I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. You, you will not even have to go shopping. No sense uh, going to the... The grocery store, you won't have to go to Walmart or King Super or Sam's Club or wherever else we go. You're, you're, you're not going to have to do any of that. You're not even going out in the fields. You're not going to have to harvest anything. In fact, the brook that I'm going to set you by that you're drinking out of, I've commanded ravens before Grubhub and before Uber Eats and before any of those other things. I have already seen, when we think we're creating new things, God already had all of that set a long time ago. He said, I already commanded the ravens to deliver your food in the morning and to deliver your food in the evening. While everybody else is suffering and everybody else is starving and everybody else is dying and everybody else is hurting, you're going to have your food delivered to you. I commanded the ravens to feed thee there. I, I like how it, it really brings clarity to if you go anywhere else from the place that I'm sending you, what you could have received what you could have lived on and by, what would have taken care of you in that difficult moment, if you go to another place, well, I don't know if I want to go toward Jordan. I don't know if I want to go to the brook of Chirath. I, I, I like Cherry Creek Reservoir better than Chapman. I'm going to Cherry Creek, but he said go to Chapman. You better go to Chapman or you'll be sitting at Cherry Creek facing dirt and empty skies with your stomach touching your backbone before too many weeks. See, we can't just say, when God says go there and at that place is where it's going to happen, we can't choose to do something else and expect God to still bless us there like He would. doesn't happen that way. Some people make their own mind up. Well, this is what I want to do. Go ahead. You'll die and starve like everybody else. Do what you want to do. That's your prerogative. It's my prerogative. No, you go 
you better get to the right brook. You better get to the place where he said, because he said right there is where the ravens are going to show up. You go somewhere else, but not a raven's going to land or fly by. You won't even get a flyby, much less something dropped off there. So, so, so he's saying right there is where it's going to happen. And I love the next, the next phrase, the next verse. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. That right there, I could turn into a whole nother semester of series. He did, the Bible said, according to to the word of the Lord. If you're not doing according to the word of the Lord, then don't expect the results that come as fulfillment of obedience to the word. People that walk in obedience to the word enjoy the results of obedience to the word. Those that don't walk in that can never expect that to happen. He didn't say, I don't like that brook. That's too far. I don't want to walk that far. I don't want to pack my stuff up. Can't you just do it here? I'm going to be right here. God, you, you, you're God. I know you can do anything, anywhere, anytime. And so God, bless me right here. And he says, yes, but I'm not a stupid God. That's, that's where I want you to be. So, so get there, and the ravens will show up. And the Bible said he did that. For he went, it, 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 it confirms and reconfirms and reiterates the brook, Chirith, the exact location. The Bible said, so he, what did he do? He went and dwelt by the brook, Chirith, same words, that is before Jordan. It tells us he went exactly where God told him to be. This, this, is, this is where a lot of us fall off the wagon. We don't go exactly where he said, but we want him to do His exact promise in our life without getting to the exact place He said to go. We want water and ravens dropping stuff off because that's what He promised and that was His exact words, but we don't want to go to the exact place that He said go. Because sometimes it's challenging. Sometimes it's lonely. I mean, if you're a socialite, you're a people person like most of us in this building, you may be an introvert. Sometimes that's just an excuse. Because you know if you really let yourself go, you'll be way over the top. And so you just have to, how many knows that? You don't know how to, con, you don't know moderation, so I'm, I'm just really an introvert. No, you're not. You're really a crazy, but you just can't let the reins off because as soon as you do, the horses are, wow, or I mean, they're loose. Okay, so, so he said, Go down there to the brook. And he's thinking, well, I don't want to be by myself. And where's all my family? And I want to hang out. And I want to be social. And, 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 and we don't always want to do that. And so the Bible said, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up. God was getting him ready for the next move. And as long, see, we don't initially want to go where God's saying go. But once we get there, it's so comfortable and we enjoy it so much that, that He knows unless I start changing that, they'll never leave that place. 
What they did not want to go to because they thought this is going to be the worst thing that ever happened in my life. They get there and realize how good God is in the place where you're supposed to be. When you're in the will of God, no matter where the will of God takes you, when you're in the will of God, it's so good and it's so refreshing and it's so fulfilling that you would never want to leave there unless God begins to shake that up a little bit. So the brook dries up, the Bible says, because there had been no rain in the land. Okay, previous to God shifting everything in this man's life, there was no rain in the land anyway. But the brook was still running. So you see a transition of how when you're in the sovereign will of God, it doesn't matter what the circumstances around may be, His plan is still going forward. Not affected by the circumstance. But when God gets ready to change things, the circumstances of life will become so prominent that the spiritual that you've been walking in Honestly, we don't have insight into this. We just have to assume. I mean, everybody else is suffering. And the man of God's laying by a brook like on a vacation. And when you're blessed, you're not thinking about everybody else's suffering. I mean, I, I, I could point to some people in my life right now that everything is so good for them, they don't realize that everybody else's life is like hell. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, they look at you like you're crazy. Sickness? Bills? Job? Pressure? Stress? You know what they'll do? They'll distance themselves from you because they don't want to face the reality where everybody else is living but them. Do you know what I'm telling you the truth? And, and if, you're, you're, if you're, on the one, you're the one on that side where everything's not great, you just have to keep loving them and, and, and you say to people in your life, like I'll say to my wife or she'll say to me and times past, they just don't have a clue. They don't have the clue. They don't have a clue where the rest of us are living. They have no clue with what the rest of us are doing to survive and get by. And, and, and Elijah is laying by the brook like a fat cat. And everybody else is suffering and dying. And going to funeral after funeral after funeral. Because he's nowhere to be found. God has him in a secure place. But he's so secure that he loses touch with reality. And so God says, okay, alright. Hope you enjoyed that. Now, now that you're full of strength. Now that everything's going well, now that you have everything headed in the right direction, I'm going to move you to a place where it's not just about you, but it'll be about someone else. So the next story, and I don't have time to go into it today, is God moves him into a place where there's a woman who's on her last And she has sons, and, and, and it's over. Things are bad. Okay, he's been eating in the morning, eating at night, 
drinking. He's hydrated. He looks great. He's been on whatever keto. I mean, he's he's like he's like man doing all kinds of stuff, and he's like walking into town. Hey, this has been a great last little while, and everybody else like. <gasps> They're, they're, they're dehydrated. They're dying. They're like, what? This is all I have for my whole family and it's over. We're dying. This is our last meal and we die. Read the story. God sends him there. All right, I'll preach that another time. <laughs> you have to come back. So that's, you got to keep coming to church. That's, that's what it's about. But here's what I want you to see. In the midst of all of that, I said all that the last 10, 15 minutes to say this. God made a way. Okay, remember, he sounds convinced. Am I? Okay, in the story, I want you to take this out. God made a way. God made a way. What the prophet had need of more than anything else, what the prophet had need of was being sustained. And God made a way. Now, here's another story. Genesis 45, verse 1 through 11. Let me read this quickly. Joseph could not refrain himself before all them that stood by him. And he cried, Cause every man to go out from me. And there stood no man with him while Joseph made himself known unto his brethren. And he wept aloud. And the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I am Joseph. Doth my father yet live? And his brethren could not answer him. For they were troubled at his presence. And Joseph said unto his brethren, Come near to me, I pray you. And they came near. And he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom ye sold into Egypt. Now therefore, be not grieved, nor angry with yourselves, that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve life. For these two years hath the famine been in the land, and yet there are five years, in that which there shall neither be eat, uh, Earing nor harvest. And God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither. Notice what Joseph is saying. It wasn't you that sent me, but God. And He hath made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land, all the land of Egypt. Haste and go up to my father and say unto him, Thus saith thy son Joseph, God hath made me Lord. God hath made me Lord. You didn't send me here. God sent me here. And in the place that God sent me, I didn't get pushed down to the bottom of the stack. But God made me the Lord, he said. Made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down unto me, tarry not, and thou shalt dwell in the land of Goshen, and thou shalt be near unto me, thou and thy children, thy children's children, and thy flocks and thy herds, and all that thou hast, and there will I nourish thee. There will I nourish thee. For yet there are five years of famine. Least thou and thy household and all that thou hast come 
to poverty. Same kind of deal. Conditions are changing. Get ready. Famine's coming. Trouble is coming. Difficulty is coming. Prepare. Joseph is elevated to a place to prepare the people for the challenge, for the suffering, for the death, for the heartache, for all that's about to take place. The Bible makes this clear. And all of a sudden, a 13-year grudge comes back right here where brothers who first allowed animosity in their heart when their 17-year-old young brother came out saying, I had this dream and what I saw is we were in the fields and we were working and we were gathering sheaves. Isn't it interesting how the connection is to famine and sheaves and sustaining and all those years before. And, and, and I noticed as I gathered mine, you gathered yours, that, that all of your sheaves back Bow down to mine. They're like, are you crazy? We're going to surrender to you. You're going to be the help. You're the baby. You've got this long line ahead of you of all these brothers. It's never going to... And then he comes out again. Sleep in his eye. It marks on his face. Hey, I had another dream. This one was great. I saw the heavens and I see the stars and I see the sun and moon. I see all these things happening. And, and I realize that it's not just you that are going to give obeisance to me, but even the, the, the sun, moon, even these prominent things which, which represent our parents, that not just my siblings, but even the authority in my life is going to have to bow down and need me. Are you crazy? And so they put him in this long 13-year saga of being sold here and sold there and imprisoned and locked up and, and, and accused and ridiculed and set up and lied on and all these things happen. And now he's 30 years old or so and he's in Egypt in this time of famine and everybody's suffering and those brothers who started the whole hated him the more because he was loved, are there bowing before him. And he said, hey guys, everybody else get out of the room. He runs everyone else out. He said, who? It's Joseph. Wait, yes, it's me. It's me. And they're like, no, no, something's wrong here. We, We buried that mistake 13 years ago. No, it's me. And, and he, the Bible says he began to cry, he began to scream. He's, he's, it's my family finally coming back together and all these emotions. And they hear him out the, outside the doors as he's just expressing how he feels. And he's saying, does my father yet live? Is, is our dad still alive? What's happened in all of these years? And, and they're worried and they're stressed. He's going to kill us. He, he's going to take this grudge out on us. He's going to pay us back for what we did. And he said, listen, listen, listen. It wasn't you. God sent me ahead of you. God did it and He made me Lord in all of Egypt so that you may be saved. I love this story. Here's this decade of difficulty and trial and in the midst, here it is, in the midst of famine, in the midst of loss, in the midst of suffering, what happened? God made a way. (laughs) I love it. God made a way. God made 
away. Joseph's family needed salvation. Elijah needed to be sustained. God first, I want you to see, commanded ravens. Everybody say commanded. God commanded. This is what the Bible uh, tells us. um, and, And we read it. He commanded. He said right there, I'm going to command the ravens to show up. In the second reference, we have God sending a man. He commanded ravens and He sent a man. Amen. And I can see in both of these instances, the source of assistance was God. God commanded, God sent, God made a way. Amen. God did it. So our blessings, you got to hear this because I'm coming back to Philippians. You got to get this. God, the blessings that we have in our life right now, or will have in the days to come, come from Him and not our own provision. Elijah couldn't pack a backpack big enough. <laughs> Elijah, my wife and girls can tell you, I, I, I'm going to be away for a few days doing what I like to do. And, and so I have to plan for, for those kind of things. So I have to plan. Uh, when I get to where I'm going, if I'm going to make it home, I, I need necessary things to do what I'm doing and then get home. If not, then you guys will have to send a search party for me. But... So, so I have to say, all right, this is, this is the elevation. This is, this is the amount of miles. This is, this is the amount of effort. This, this, this is the hydration that I need. This is how many ounces, gallons. This is how many calories. This is how many. Okay, I can't take the whole kitchen. I can't take the whole freezer. I can't take the entire uh, re- refrigerator. I can't just pack the grocery store up. So I have to say... For one day, this is what I have to consume. For the next day, this is what I have to consume. This is what I'm going to burn. This is what... So anyway, that's a whole nother deal. But what I'm trying to tell you is, Elijah did not take one day of saying, I need this, 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 this. I'm going to put this bag together. I need this, 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 this for the next day. He, he, he just went to the brook without anything. And God said, here you go. Joseph didn't say when he left, they throw him in the pit. Okay, before you throw me in the pit and start this whole process, I need to get everything together that I need to get together for the next 13 years so I'll be able to survive and and, and then everything's going to work out. didn't happen that way. God just made a way. God just made a way. God just, because your provisions will not hold up to the challenge that's in front of you. But the source of our blessing and the source of our favor and the source of our strength comes from Him. And when it comes from Him, it doesn't matter how great or how long or how severe, God will come through. And somebody shout amen. Deuteronomy 28 and 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee. Did He command ravens? 
Yes, he commanded ravens, but way before he ever commanded a raven, it was already stated in the Word of God that God would command blessings on you. So God, there's nothing new for him to say. Blessings are it's coming their way as a result of a raven. And so raven, do what I said to do because I promise I'm going to command a blessing on their life no matter where they are or what they're going through. You're not acting like you're as excited as I am about this. He said, I command, I'm commanding the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all thou uh, settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. He said, your storehouses are going to be full and everything you put your hand to, I'm going to bless it and it's going to multiply. And when others can't figure out how to get ahead, I'm going to cause it to happen in your life because I'm commanding the blessing. I'm commanding the ravens. I'm commanding something to happen that's beneficial and on your behalf that's what he said so this this, this reference is surrounding by the reality of blessings you can read this 28th chapter of Deuteronomy blessings are attached to obedience somebody shout obedience Obedience. Elijah go to another brook you're not going to have the blessing Joshua, fight your brothers and take it and, and, and lose your integrity in Potiphar's house and do whatever you want to do and get mad in the prison. Just lose it through the whole process and you'll never sit on the throne and you'll never be the savior of your family. And so you have to get to the place that you realize that blessings are attached to obedience. And if you're not being blessed, the reason you're not being blessed is because somewhere you have gotten off the track and gotten off of the road of obedience. Obedience always leads us to blessing. It's everybody else's fault. It's their fault. This happened in my life. No, somewhere there's disobedience in your life. And you get that straight and God will bless you. You get that straight and God will give you water and ravens to show up every day by a brook. Get that right and God will keep you through the pit. Get that right and God will keep you through Potiphar's house. Get that right and God will keep you in the prison. Get that right and God will put you on a throne. Get obedience right and blessings are coming into your life. It's, it's, it's the scripture. But notice how it clearly states the blessing. And shall command. Not, sometimes we think, well, this is the blessing I was after, but that might not be the one that God commands in your life. You can get by the brook and say, well, I want a condo. And I, I, need, I need this kind of living, and I need that kind of living, and I got to be here, and I got to do that. He didn't say, I'm going to bring all your friends together and get all, you're going to have family reunion, I'm going to put everything there, and you're going to have all your, your home, and you're going to have, he just said, you know the blessing I think you need? A raven to show up and water to run. But sometimes we get, we, we want all this other stuff, but there is not a blessing, but the blessing. Because God knows what we need before we ever start asking, and He commands that blessing. So don't get upset with what shows up in your life. That may be exactly what God knows you need to get through where you are. Don't say, well, I wanted everything else. Just say, God, thank you for hearing. God, thank you for coming through. God, thank you for knowing what I need where I am right now. So the Bible said that He commanded, and that commandment may come in the form of a bird. I mean, ravens are not the cleanest things. 
But if you're hungry, hungry, you don't mind if it's a raven or an eagle. You're just, yeah, I'll take it. That sounds great. Everybody else is dying. Give me something to eat. You know, as long as he doesn't send a stork, Lisa and I, long as he doesn't send, babe, I'm leaving the brook if he, if, if he sends a stork, I'm running. I mean, I'm, anybody else know what I'm talking about? I just don't want him. I don't want him to get confused. Tasia, I see your hand. No more. We're done. I went, gone out of business. Amen. Closed up shop. Don't send a stork my way. I'll, I'd rather see a raven than a stork. <laughs> no, my Lord. You know, I, I wish you guys could see my notes because literally in my notes, I put an emoji, I put a smiley face that's winking the eye right by the word stork. Because that entertains me, Faith. I have to be entertained too. I'm entertaining you, but I have to entertain. So, so, so I, in my notes, I put a smiley, winking emoji right by stork. Don't send me a stork. Just send me a raven. This is what the Bible says in John 1. John 1, 6. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. Come on. John was sent by God. The same God that commanded ravens for the prophet by the brook. The same God that sent Joseph ahead before his brothers ever showed up was the same God that sent a man by the name of John to prepare the way. And so the Scripture is full of references about prophets and people and angels. Gabriel was sent. I don't have time to go through the verses. Jesus said He was sent. Over and over and over and over we read these sent individuals. Now, Philippians 4, and i got to close here. Philippians 4, 19. But my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Somebody shout riches in glory. And this, this challenges me. I feel challenged in the Spirit. When I, when I read this, when this just came to me recently, His riches in glory. This, it, it means so much because we wonder, we try to figure it out. And, and if you've ever wondered how you were going to make it, you may be sitting here right now wondering, how am I going to make it? How's this marriage? How's this family? How's this life? How, how am I going to make it? Have you ever felt pressure just to survive? Let me see your hand. Just, I'm talking about pressure, the pressure of survival. How am I going to make it? How am I going to survive? Second guessing. Anybody know what second guessing commitments you've made? What was I thinking? Why did I ever just, just second guessing the commitment? It should be obvious the circumstances of our present. This should be obvious after the last 35 minutes. This should be obvious. The circumstances of our present situation doesn't alarm the Lord. 
You're worried about it. You're fretting over it. You're, you're stressed over it. But the circumstance of your life doesn't alarm him. Drought didn't scare him. Famine didn't scare him. Struggle and problems and issue do not alarm him. Because his resources are not planted in this earth. But the Bible says the provision that's coming into my life is according to His riches that are in glory. Hallelujah. So everything can be dry here. Everything can be dead here. Everything can be going under here. But He's not dependent on this. His resources are riches coming from glory. Come on, heaven's not bankrupt. God's not suffering in famine. Come on, the, 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 the eternal home that we're headed to, uh, the water bill's been paid. The lights are still on. You're, you're going, I'm going to get to heaven and wonder, well, I wonder if utilities have been met up here. <laughs> no, no, I'll tell you why. Because there is a lamb there. That is the light, hallelujah, of that. I'm telling you, His riches are in glory. And because His riches are based in glory, He's not dependent on what's happening here around us. The, the favor and the blessings of God are coming from His place of riches. Amen. It's not your location. Look at your neighbor and say, God's not stressed over your location. Your location, isn't, your location isn't the answer anyway. Your location isn't what's going to turn it around anyway. Your location isn't causing God to fret. He's dependent upon His riches and glory. Not what you have to offer or not. And, 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 and notice that He said he, he would supply, He would supply all the need... Somebody shout need. Here it is again. Remember, He would command the blessing. Now it's need. Somebody shout singular. He didn't say, and this is the way we quote it, I'm going to take care of all your needs. We, put, we make this plural. And if God doesn't fix everything and make everything in our life exactly the way we want it, then we bail out and get upset and quit. And Well, there, God did nothing. He said the need of your life. Not everything. Just what you need to be sustained or to be saved. That's it. Quit getting mad at God if everything doesn't come through just like you want it to and think, well, he, God, there's something. No, no. He said, He said, need. According to your need. And so, God will come through. I want you to be encouraged. God will come through. God will make a way. He, he, he will feed you in the famine. He will promote you in the drought. He will sustain you when everything else is going crazy. But instead of speaking... Oh, I love this. Instead of speaking to someone's el someone else's situation, Matt's God, Lisa's God, Christie's God, listen, listen, listen to what he said. 
But my God shall supply all your need. It wasn't, it wasn't the, the opposite. It wasn't, and your God shall supply my need. He said, my God. See, you, you, you have to get to the place where you take it out of the realm of speaking about He's going to do it, He's going to work it out, He's going to... God. You have to get to the place where you start taking ownership and say, my God. Not pastor's God, not the church's God, not vertical's God, not Sunday's God. But on Monday, you say, my God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Wednesday, my God. Thursday night, my God. In the, on the job, stress in the home, doctor's report, my God, but my God, but my God, but not someone else's God, someone else's faith, someone else's situation, my God shall supply all. See, you have to get to the place where He becomes my. Somebody shout, He becomes my. Shout it again. He becomes my. All right, here it is. He sounds convinced. Am I? Paul sounded convinced when he said, my God's going to do it. Are you convinced of that? Are you in a place where you're saying, my God's going to turn it? My God's going to fix it? My God's going to work it out? My God's going to come through. My God's going to bring favor. My God's going to bring blessing. My God's going to sustain. My God is going to save. My God is going to work it out. Amen. Elijah never lost his confidence in his God. Joseph never lost his confidence in his God. He just kept living through every struggle and every trial because it was his God. And I hope that you're realizing something about this text and something about this scripture today. And that is this, his riches, not mine. From his place of glory, not my dilemma. Let's stand up. His riches, not mine. His riches, not mine. You're wondering, you're asking, you're questioning. Here's how you settled it. It's not what I can produce. It's what He can. You don't have enough money. You don't have enough friends. You don't know enough influential people. You don't have enough education. You don't have enough influence. You don't have. If it's based on what you can do, you're going to fall flat on your face before it's all said and done. But it's not my riches. Right. It's His. God's ready to bless you. God's ready to answer you. God's ready to turn it. It's not from your place. Your, your job may not be paying you enough. There might be so much stress and heartache in your home that you can't even think clearly. It's not your place that's going to produce it. It's from His glory. You're in the midst of your dilemma. He's speaking out of His glory. 
because He's so high. He can in any situation and in every situation come through when you decide that it's not their God, but it's my God. And He can and will. Would you join me for a moment here around the front?